Denver Ad School is filled with passionate creatives from all different backgrounds. In this episode, I sat down with art director, Emily Devery. Emily is a woman of the world who shares about her love for travel and experiencing different cultures, as well as how exposure to architecture influenced her to change gears and pursue design. My name is Jeff Ollery, and this is Journey to Ad. been to what is it like 36 different countries yes i believe so i think it started with my mom uh she like was a kind of a big traveler and really wanted to instill that into us from like a young age from as long as i can remember we've always done a lot of trips i wouldn't even say necessarily like large trips but just kind of like adventures some of them were pretty close to home whether it was just like going camping or when I was younger used to hike up to these like 10th mountain huts for Thanksgiving so yeah so we've always kind of I don't know been very like adventurous I guess as like a family or trying to do new experiences or for like birthdays or Christmas um, she always liked to like give an experience rather than like an actual gift so that that definitely like started I think like within my family and she yeah just always kind of like pushing us to kind of get outside of our comfort zone. I think I was in sixth grade, her and I went over to Tanzania together, which some people are like, oh, doesn't that make you nervous? You know, just taking your daughter there. And my mom was just like, no, like, I think it's fine. Like, we'll, we'll, we'll be smart. Like, we won't, you know, we'll be respectful of people's culture and we won't go out, you know, at night or on our own. But you just got to be smart, but you shouldn't be like scared about, you know, going out and seeing places and experiencing them. I think that's that's definitely where um, it started and then a lot of my good friends in college were international and so they, a lot of them were expats so they had traveled a lot so it just kind of continued. Um, I think it was like one of the reasons a lot of us became friends because we all had that same desire to to travel and to see new places and just had a lot of like conversations about those experiences together. That's awesome. Do you have a f- like a favorite adventure or a a go-to like travel story. (laughs) I feel like for me, I I also love to travel. And so I know at some point during a trip where there's that moment, be like, oh, this is going to be a story someday. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. There's definitely a lot. I feel like I've told this one probably a lot, but for my 21st birthday, I was studying over in London. So, so I really wanted to go to Iceland uh, for my birthday. And so I, convinced this girl that I was going to school with. I didn't know her that well at the time, but she had the same break as I did. So I was like, I'm dying to go to Iceland. I looked into it. There's what they call these like happy camper vans. And we could rent one for the week and uh, do like a a big road trip around it. And she was like, um, (laughs) maybe. And I was like, no, like I I really, I really want to go like, (laughs) you know, whatever. And so I was like, you know, my parents said that they would, you know, help me rent the van for the week so you, you wouldn't have to, you just have to get your flight over there and so she was like okay um and so yeah we yeah didn't know each other that well but we got to know each other like very quickly like sharing this tiny <laughs> i'm sure can together for a week so we really wanted to see the northern lights and it was snowing like every night that we were there and you need like a clear sky to see it obviously so you know we got to it's like our second to last night in the van and we were like talking we're like yeah like we still had an amazing time we definitely wish that we had seen it but it like it didn't ruin our trip and whatever and then I went outside to like brush my teeth and I look up and the sky was like completely clear even though it said in like the forest castle it was like supposed to rain or snow more and so I go back in and I was like Addie like I think we should like you know go look and she's like oh we like drove for like seven or 10 hours today. She's like, I'm kind of exhausted. Like, I, I don't know. And I was like, oh no, yeah, like, that's cool. And then she, she like went out to go to the bathroom and she comes back in. She was like, I think, I think you're right. Like it is totally clear. Like I just have this feeling. I was like, okay, cool. Like let's, so we just started, cause we were kind of near a town. So we started just driving like as far away as we could from like any light pollution, just I don't even nowhere into like, just like random road. Just out into the nowhere. Uh, yeah. Literally out into nowhere. And I, I just started driving. We started like seeing like more and more colors and this like I don't know how to explain it almost looked like a mist of like colors that started and so we were like crazy like ladies in like our van like just following I don't even know what into I don't know where but finally like we got there and we could like fully see it it was like all these like colors you know going just in and out of like the dancing hills around the us. Sky. yeah it was literally like yeah dancing around us it was incredible so we like 
got in, it was free. It was absolutely freezing. And we like got into like put on all of our layers, got onto the roof in our sleeping bags and like played Odessa and just like watched it. I started like hysterically <laughs> crying, called my mom afterwards. And I was crying. I was like, they're just so like the Northern Lights. She's like, are you on drugs? I was like, no, I'm not. It was just so beautiful. And I like couldn't get over it. But then that night we'd forgotten to turn off um, the like electricity in our van for like during the day because they were like solar panel to like keep it warm at night so there was no heating left and it was I don't even know how cold like negative 20 maybe degrees in our van and we had sleeping bags but they were more just like meant as like blankets they weren't meant to like actually be like used for warmth and it was sure. we did, I don't think either of us slept like all night I just like at three in the morning Addie was like are, are you still awake I was like yes I have not slept like one second she's like yeah me neither she's like I am so cold and we just like turned back on the van and just like huddled like in the front seats just like trying to get any warmth that we could out of it but yeah I think looking back just the whole day it was just kind of crazy and where I was like it was kind of up like highs and lows I'd also gotten like a speeding ticket like early in that day so it's just like high low high low but it was just an awesome day and i was like yeah this will be a good story that sounds a lot better than my 21st (laughs) yeah it was very memorable (laughs) that's awesome also you reminded me too a number of my friends myself included uh are big odessa fans so the fact that you like were listening to that with the northern lights was uh pretty cool too (laughs) yeah it like it really made it like set set it all up it's such a vibe i'm sure (laughs) it's like the best concert too i think i've ever been to have you you seen him i've seen them live three times actually within the span of a year and a half (laughs) um so (laughs) i'm very jealous i (laughs) I think it's my favorite concert i've ever been it was their most recent tour like their moment apart tour and so i saw them for two of my friends birthday in cincinnati and then we were going to a music festival like the next March to, it was like one of our friends was going to go do uh, the Peace Corps in Africa. And so this was going to be like a get together trip before he went to Africa. And there was this music festival and Odessa was like the headliner. So we saw them there too. And then I had a couple friends who just on a whim decided to get tickets to the finale in Los Angeles of the entire concert oh tour. <laughs> and so I spent far too much money on this, but I went along with them. And so four of us went to the, the finale and it got better each time we saw them. But yeah, like it's an, it's an incredible experience of just like sound and light and just the production was incredible. Yeah, you just, you're fully like encapsulate like they they do everything it's just Mm -hmm. and i don't know just like the whole energy of everybody there yeah i thought it was like probably the best concert i've ever been to yeah it was like so fun it was fantastic where did you see them at red rocks so it was same i I did it was very last minute so my friends like oh we're coming in town same i spent way too much money going to see them but (laughs) i was like oh i love them so much and so my friends are coming out so last minute bought a ticket and yeah, I didn't regret it at all, though. It was just... I think that's on the bucket list for, for me and a number of my friends now is to get to see them at Red Rocks. So hopefully when the world is more normal, that will uh, that will occur. <laughs> yeah. Riley was sending me TikToks of like all these like concerts that I had seen. And I was like, are you trying to make me depressed? So like, <laughs> this is just so sad. I was like, you know, I don't think about it daily, how much I miss it. But as soon as I see it, I'm like, oh man, I just... Yeah. Or really... you see like one of those like memories like pop up like on your Snapchat or photos or something. And you're just like, oh, well, that was fun. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, how much fun that was. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) So Emily, where are you from? I am from Boulder, Colorado. Part of the main reason that I ended up at Denver at school because I was looking, started looking into programs and saw an article about Heather and Jesse and was like, oh, hmm, like that could work out well just because I I miss Colorado. I love it here and miss my family and would I'm living at home right now. So it was just kind of like that lines up perfectly money and yeah, be close to family. And I love to ski and hike and do all that stuff. So it just felt like a good place, place to go. Growing up in Colorado or I didn't grow up in Colorado. I know from talking to people that have grown (laughs) up in Colorado that very much instills like a big love for the outdoors. So I'm 
just going off you saying you like skiing and hiking, I'm guessing that did the same for you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's interesting. I love, I love the outdoors, but I also love cities. Like there's, they do Mm. both do different things for me. I love the food and the energy and culture and art and music and all the other stuff you get in the city. But I also like feel like, you know, I love like the break and just the quiet and being outside. And so I I love them both. Did you, did you get your kind of city fix from Boulder then growing up or was that something you discovered in visiting other cities? I think that was more from visiting other cities and living. My grandparents used to live in New York. So I used to go visit them when I was younger and then I went to school in LA or I went to undergrad in LA. So, but I didn't quite, I still, I want to move to New York after this. So we'll okay. see if that happens, but I still didn't feel like I quite got the like, like LA is a city, but it's just like a different kind of city where being able to walk everywhere and yeah, some of those aspects that like in public transportation that I like really like about cities that I didn't quite get in LA. Okay. Um, but London definitely showed, but I had studied abroad in London. So I loved that aspect of it, just being able to like, just hop on the, the tube, tube and go wherever. Walk. Yeah, I would walk like 10, 8, 10 miles a day <laughs> just because I guess I had time and wanted to explore. So, yeah, I wonder how much of that is a city thing versus being like a European thing. I feel like whenever I've gone to Europe, I walk so much more. I think it is. Yeah. It is. I think it, but I don't know. I think you get a little bit of that in New York and maybe Chicago and San Francisco where people walk more, but maybe not quite as much as Europe. Yeah, that could be. So you, you want to go to New York. How are you going to get your outdoor fix in New York? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) We get there. Probably just do like weekend trips to, you know, other places on the East coast. Um, it doesn't have to be mountains. Like I, I love the beach. I love, you know, I think just getting out like once a month and going mm-hmm. and finding somewhere where you can just, you know, get some fresh air. It's nice, but it probably won't be long-term. I think I'll have like a three to five year max. And then I'll be like, okay, I'm, I've had it. I'm done. <laughs> yeah. I'm ready to like go back to somewhere more like Colorado. So I gotcha. Well, that's yeah. cool. Props where to do you, you know where you want to, or do you want to stay here or do you know where you want to go? Yeah. So I was going to say, I'm not, New York is not in the cards for me. <laughs> it's too, too busy. It's too much for me. My goal, I think is to more so kind of stick around here. If I do go somewhere else, then it'd probably be like a Seattle or like a Portland where it's got that combination of outdoor stuff nearby with like the city, but I like the size of Denver and I grew up in St. Louis, which is definitely a city, but it's not like a huge metropolis like a Chicago or New York. And yeah. so I, I feel overwhelmed in something as big as New York city. Um, so I think first, yeah, I like first goal would be to kind of stick around here. Stick around here. Yeah. Well, it's nice. It's a good place. It's a really good place to live. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's beautiful. I've been here for about a year now. Um, cause I just moved out here for the program. It'd be kind of nice to, to get to keep on exploring it and, and enjoying it out here. So where, where are you living in Denver? Are you in Denver? Yeah. So I'm in Denver. I'm in Cap Hill right now, which I like because it's like close to the city, but it's not downtown. Yeah. And I also just, I love all the, like the old trees and like the old like houses and just the feel of it is like really cool to me. It's like, it just feels like it has a lot of character. Um, yeah. which I really like for you growing up in Boulder, what kind of besides the outdoors, um, interested you growing up, like what sorts of hobbies and, and things did you have? Well, so when I was younger, I was a competitive gymnast until the age of like 13. Um, and then I hurt my back on the beam. And so I decided, and I was about to go to high school. So I kind of decided this was a good time to maybe just close that door. And I tried out for the volleyball team because that's what a lot of my friends are doing. And I did not make the fifth string volleyball team. So (laughs) despite practicing every day over the summer, just hand-eye coordination is not (laughs) my thing. Yeah. When Jesse was like, Oh, what's, well, you know, we we should do some sort of intramural sport all together. And I was like, anything but volleyball, (laughs) like I'm so bad. (laughs) Um, So then I, all these different teams and 
the musical, everything had already kind of like tryouts had happened. So cross country was still allowing people. And my dad was like, I think you should do it. And I was like, I hate running. Everyone hates running. But yeah. anyway, so I ended up, ended up doing it. And it was a really brutal first like two years because I was really bad <laughs> and I didn't like it. But then finally I was like, okay, if I'm going to be doing this for the next four years, I should, I don't know, really like give it like my best. So now I'm like one of those crazy people that likes to run um, around <laughs> cross country and track in high school. And then I always loved art class. I didn't, cause that, I didn't realize at the time that I was really going to be able to do anything with that. Cause I knew I didn't want to be a fine artist, but I always okay. took like as many art pottery sculpting any any classes that I could have taken in high school and college and were there I, a lot of art classes available to you in in high school yeah there was a pretty decent amount but I did there wasn't really any sort of like guidance on like hey you are pretty like artistic or you are creative or you enjoy this like let's talk about like what sort of career paths you could do with it later which like sure is kind of unfortunate and I want to hopefully at some point be able to like go back to high schools or get involved with younger kids to kind of help them figure out all the different paths that they could do because like for us it was like anything with stenos like science math that was like the only thing they kind of like directed us towards. You mentioned you went to school in LA you went to USC right? Yes correct. Okay so did you know then when you were going to USC what you kind of wanted to do what you wanted to study in school um I thought I did so I was pretty good at math and I liked like design so I thought I wanted to become an architect so I Mm. went to I was at in the architecture school for my first year I liked it but I did love it and it was sucking up like every part of my life like I didn't really have much of a social life at that time and I was like always just like in the basement studio working on like doing models and stuff and I just was like you know I like this but I'm way too social I think uh to make this um be my you know career and I was looking at some of the professors that we had and they never saw their family and were just always working and I was like, you know, I'm not going to make, I'm probably not going to make a ton of money doing this. So is this really like worth it? Like to like give up like, you know, all these relationships with people like my friends and family and to not be totally passionate about it. So Mm. I kind of switched gears and transferred into the art school and then did an emphasis in design. So I I was getting closer, I think, to like where I'm at now, but it was, I still love like, I follow so many different accounts on like architecture accounts and interior design. Instagram, but I'm glad to kind of just be able to admire it from afar now. So yeah, do you have any interest in ever like doing interior design or like set design or something like that kind of later on? Yeah, I think I would really enjoy it. I don't know exactly like how I would pivot, but if like sure. you know there was opportunities to kind of like at least just observe people doing it or you know kind of be able to help out uh, like at a certain point, um, I would definitely like pick it up. Well, that's one of the cool things about advertising too, though, is you could get that experience like working with a production like eventually and maybe kind of get to rub shoulders with some of those people. Yeah, no, that's so true. So yeah, no, I think it was a really good experience and I learned a lot, but it just wasn't, wasn't where I decided to keep going so yeah sure so you you went more into kind of the art and specifically the design route so what what kind of did that entail like in terms of like classes that you were taking and kind of what you were expected to produce yeah it was a lot of kind of fundamentals at least at the beginning just kind of learning like typography and then we started doing more like rebrands Um, and like how to work with companies. I don't know if I love the way that USC's, like at least the curriculum was set up where I just felt like a lot of it maybe wasn't that relevant, I guess, to. Was it kind of more like theory of art as opposed to like applied art? Yes, there was like some good classes, but um, I took like web design. It was very like, they wanted us to be like well-rounded and understand a lot of different you know, parts of it. Um, and like, yeah, know like the history of design and the history of art. But I think like now going to dad, I like realize how much 
maybe we could have learned in like a lot shorter period of time or like <laughs> been a little bit more concentrated. Sure. <laughs> but but there... that's how universities make their money also. So. That's true, right? They got to <laughs> they got to pack a lot or pack yeah. a little into those four years. <laughs> All the GEs and stuff. <laughs> I don't know. It was a great experience, but some of the like curriculum, I was like, why am I taking this? This is, I don't know. Sure. This is kind of seems not very yeah practical to anything that I wanted to do. Yeah. So. So when you were taking those classes, was there anyone kind of giving you like direction in terms of like, oh, so this could lead you down like this career path or was it up to you to kind of figure out what you were going to do next? The ball was in my court for sure. The I was really lucky. One of my good friends, her mom worked at Weber Shanwick, which is a PR firm. And she was like, you should look at doing an internship or her and Sophie were like, you should look at doing an internship. They have like a creative department, like it could be perfect for you. And so I ended up applying and doing that. And I just met a lot of different people that were in, yeah, like we're copywriters, we're art directors. That's kind of when I found out that even like an art director was a career and like what the difference was between being a designer and an art director through like talking and meeting with people and, you know, getting brought into different projects. I was like, I think I like kind of the big idea, more conceptual part of being an art director more than, you know, the nitty gritty. The hours in Photoshop and Illustrator. Yeah. I was like, I don't really want to be, not that it's bad, but I just didn't want to be like always the person, I guess, behind the computer being told what to do. I, you know, at a certain point, I kind of want to be the one coming up with the ideas. I'm glad that I figured that out. I figured that out going into my senior year of college. I still didn't have like any, I guess, real world experience with doing it. I just kind of figured it out through being there. I tried taking some, I took like an art direction course at USC, but it was like very light. It was like, we're going to do some markers. You know, it was, it was good. It was just more like an overview of like, this is what an art director does, but it wasn't really like getting that practice of like coming up with an idea all the way through like execution. Emily is a diligent creative who feeds off the energy around her, and she has a wealth of cultural experiences that inform her creative voice. We're going to take a quick ad break now before we hear more from Emily Devery. Do you remember what it was like when you could travel? When going on adventures in new places was normal? Well, we're anxious for those days too, and we know that when you step on a plane again for that first adventure, you'll be so excited that even your airplane food will taste good. We at Good Old Airplane Food want you to know that despite the extra time on our hands to develop new recipes and edible meals, we'll still be providing the same low-quality meals that you remember and expect. Because why try to make something better when you won't actually remember how bad it was to begin with? Good old airplane food, the one part of traveling that you don't miss. We're back with Emily, where we hear about some of the experiences that have influenced her as a creative, from her days as an intern at an ad agency to her study abroad experience in London. We also talk about the places that we feel most creative and pine for the day when we can work in coffee shops again. Did you kind of have a, a plan then in terms of like how you were going to get that experience or because like I know for, I mean, the, the thing with advertising is right that you need a portfolio, you need to show that you can do something before they hire you. But when you're starting out, you don't necessarily have anything to show. And so yeah. it's like, how do you, how do you figure that out? So what, what kind of was your, how did you work your way through that? So I had a portfolio, but it was a design portfolio. And I had a couple pieces from this art direction class that I took. So in my mind, starting at that point, I was like, oh, I I have a book. I have a portfolio. Like I thought that, you know, I was set to go. (laughs) And so I started applying to internships and jobs. And I got two job offers, not for advertising, but in the creative kind of sphere and then an advertising internship and 
I was like, guys, I really think I want to go into advertising. So I took the internship. It was at the Richards Group in Dallas. So I went there and I kind of had in my head that I was like, oh, I'll do this internship and then I will hopefully be impressive for, I don't really know, just like I was like learn and whatever and just show that like I want to be there and then get hired afterwards is kind of like my mindset. So um, I moved to Dallas kind of with that mindset that I was like, oh, I'm going to, you know, I'll have an internship here and then I like hopefully will start working after that. And then once I got there, I, well, one, it was not a good fit just as a company. And then Mm -hmm. I was like, realized how much I still kind of needed to learn about coming up with ideas and I still didn't really have like an ad book so I was like yeah I got this internship but I don't know if I could necessarily like I didn't like the company so I was like I don't know if I can take this like what I have currently and just start applying to other other places so that's when I started looking for ad schools and with your like experience as an intern did you have any sort of like mentorship or people that were like encouraging you to like either try stuff while you were at the Richards group or like encouraging you to look at ad school? Yeah. So the like recruiter that they have there was really great. She said from the beginning, she was like, you should set up a meeting at least one or two because they have like 52 creative directors there or something. So she was like, you should try and set up a meeting with like you know, if you can at least once a week that you're here and if you can do more, like, you know, just go introduce yourself at the very beginning and then, you know, follow up with an email saying like, you know, when, if you have any time, um, I would like love for you to look at my book and give me feedback. So that was great. So I got a lot of different eyes, I guess, on what I had. And a lot of people said, oh, you could probably make some of this design stuff you have, like kind of back work it into a campaign which some people tried to help me kind of figure out how I would do that. And then a couple of people like mentioned ad school. I was like, you know, I was just asking them a lot. Oh, where did you go? Some people, like a lot of them went to creative circus. So I just was like asking them about their experience. And a lot of people were like, Oh, you know, one of the, one guy, I remember one guy saying he was like, I didn't go to ad school and I really regret not going. Um, he was like, I kind of was able to figure it out on my own, but I just feel like my, like concepting skills aren't quite as quick. And then by the time I kind of realized I wish I had gone, it was kind of too late. I was already married and had a baby on the way. And it just it was kind of, you know, so he was like, you know, if you're going to go, I think you should go now rather than, you know, wait until it, it gets harder to just, you know, pick up your life and go back to school. So sure. It was cool. They had, they like brought this one guy, Shane brought me in and to a production studio. So I was like there um, a lot with him and uh, the writer that he worked with and like got to see how they like, you know, put everything together and came up with ideas and found the music. And that was for a bunch of car ads. So that was really cool. And yeah, it was kind of a part of like a lot of the different rooms and meetings for, you know, at the beginning of, you know, coming up with ideas and when the strategist like briefs the the creatives and stuff. So it was definitely got a lot of mentorship. Yeah, it definitely led me to now where I'm at. So (laughs) that's awesome. Yeah. So it's, it's been kind of fun for me because as I've been doing this podcast, I've been talking to people at different points throughout this past quarter. So as we're talking, (laughs) you have finished the last quarter. Yes. So, so kind of looking back, um, I'm assuming you're glad you went to ad school, so I won't yes. ask you that. <laughs> um, but what kind of has been like, you think the most valuable like thing or like a, a takeaway that you want to keep with you moving forward? There's a lot of things, but I think sure. one of them was just like workflow, just how to have, I think Richard and Johnny kind of instilled this in us just how to have a productive workflow and to be organized, which I just think will be really important once we have to like start working with other people and quickly share files or update different pieces. So I think that's been really good. Yeah, coming up with ideas. I feel now that I can come up with like, maybe not 30, but you know, if you give me a day, you could come up with like 20 ideas and they might not be great, but but, you know, there's a, a place to start off from and then you can like you know, work with other people and bounce ideas off each other. So that's been, I think just like how quickly, yeah, I can come up with ideas has gotten a lot faster, which is amazing. And then presentation skills, I used to, I still say like and um a lot, but I just think I'm a lot more confident and not as nervous. And I kind of know how to tell a story and how to articulate my ideas better 
a lot better than like when I started. So that's been just because we do it every day. So yeah, <laughs> for sure. And I know too, we got to work together a little bit on a few things. Um, you're so easy to concept with, like you, you're just, I feel like it's really easy to just bounce stuff off of each other. But on top of that, I mean, like seeing, <laughs> seeing your work, I mean, you have the design skills too. So you, you're really just a, I guess a double threat triple threat maybe because you're also a nice person I don't know. <laughs> um, no I, I really appreciate that <laughs> yeah no for sure no I think that's that's another thing where just learning that like ideas don't also have to be I feel like at the beginning I was like oh is it mine like does it still count if I wasn't the one who like said it you know but I think hmm. there's it, like learning to like also pull ideas out of people or to like embrace if somebody else you know if you weren't the one that like said it but just you know it's 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 a back and forth and it's not, you know, it's not, Oh, if I, if I was the one who said it, it's my idea. It's more yeah. of like a group, like getting That's a, there together. That's a huge so. part of collaboration in terms of building stuff off of each other and not being like, so I guess selfish and was like, no, this is my idea or I came up with this part, you know? Yeah, no, exactly. You know, and I think it, it I guess that's another thing I think I learned just, I already kind of knew that, but I think it just really, you know, made it even more clear, like just through working with people, how important it is to be able to collaborate with people. And yeah, the best ideas don't definitely don't happen when you're sitting like by yourself in a vacuum. It just, you don't get anywhere. Yeah, <laughs> so. for sure. I want to go back and talk about, so you went to school in LA and then you also studied abroad in London, which I'm jealous of. But Love that place. <laughs> so what what was it like kind of doing design stuff and being like in these like cultural hotspots as it were? Well, London specifically, I'm so glad that I decided to go over and do that program. I went to University of the Arts London. Okay. Uh, just because the facilities that they have are out of this world they have the largest screen printing facility in europe like within their campus they have book binding laser cutters heat bender they have like everything under the moon so it's yeah. like they're just like come up with an idea and but it's not just the idea then they're like okay now make it and we're gonna help you make it and so i just think there's something really cool about like okay like i have this idea and i'm actually going to be able to like see it through and then have like a object or you know something in my hand that I can then go photograph and it just really taught you to do everything which was cool and then just to like think of how you know get creative like you know I really want to do this how how am I going to do this like you know and learning kind of I think part of it too is just like what terms or like what is that even called I think that that they're well they take a lot of like pride in their craft so I think that was okay. something that I took away from it was just yeah taking a lot of pride in like things that you do even if they're like really small like the small little details has that rubbed off on you <laughs> not yes yes and no like I, I think i do take a lot of pride in the stuff that i do but maybe not quite to the extent as like a designer there would just because okay. of, purely because of time i don't have you know <laughs> You don't know, have unlimited time to put into it to yeah to bind a book always but i i do appreciate it when I see it just because I now know I guess how much time some of the stuff takes one thing that I I've I feel like with a lot of creative people it's important for them to kind of find their space or their vibe where they feel most creative I've read stuff about like writers who are essentially hermits who like, you know, they live in the middle of nowhere in Indiana and that's where they feel the most creative. Or there's people that like the busyness of like New York City or LA and they feed off that energy and that's where they feel the most creative. So for you, who's someone who's like kind of traveled all over and who likes the outdoors and likes the city, do you kind of have a feel for like what sort of environment you like best to be creative and come up with ideas? Yeah, I think it is more when I'm stimulated or surrounded by a lot of new, so somewhere like New York. I think, you know, even this, like during quarantine, it's 
been, I always try and least get out of my house when I have to like think or because it just, I don't know, something, you know, I go to, or even just like a coffee shop or walk around just because it'll, I don't know. I think just having people or noise around me just helps it go yeah. crazy. Just sitting in my house <laughs> all the time. So Kevin's been a little tough, but yeah, I think kind of being around a lot of people and things for inspiration is where I feel the most creative. I love coffee shops. Before the kind of everything shut down around here, I was trying to go to a coffee shop, like a new one once a week. And that was kind of my exploration of Denver and like getting acquainted with the city. And then also I would like use that time to work because there's, there's something about it. Kind of like what you said, like when there, when everyone else is like busy or like doing something, like it kind of like makes me feel like I'm also should be busy doing stuff. And so I yeah, kind of feed exactly. off of that. And then it's nice too, like being able to just like look up, see like a distraction or see like a funny thing that happens first to like, kind of like alleviate some of the pressure for a little bit or get refreshed for a second yeah. and then go back to it. So I definitely like, like that sort of vibe. And I too, like there's some times where I need quiet, but other times I like listening to music kind of as I work. And that's just another thing that kind of like keeps me going. But I feel like I, since COVID has hit, I kind of move around throughout the day where I work sometimes. Kitchen. Yeah, <laughs> <bedroom>. yeah. <laughs> exactly. So right now, like I'm at my kitchen table um, and then I might be like on the couch or in the bedroom and then I'll be at my desk later. And when it's, there's not snow outside, then I'll like sit on my balcony too. I think kind of it's, it's that sort of coffee shop thing where there's that kind of like background noise or something the entire time, but then I can't have it the same the whole day. Then I get yeah. bored with it and then it doesn't work anymore. And so <laughs> I need to go somewhere else. Yeah. It's, I just, the couple times that we've met up with people in person, you know, because I've been like, wow, I forgot how nice this is just to, like, yeah. to you know not do it not that you know it's I'm really appreciative that we have zoom and all this technology to still be able to like have classes and meet up but it's just like definitely tricky like I don't know it's just mm-hmm. there's something about the energy of being like in the same room with like somebody or you know being around people that's just nice definitely yeah I feel like that that spark is just there so much quicker when you're yeah. in person with someone. Yeah, you um, can like read it off the person, you know, like if they're, it's like, no, there's not a glitch. Like you just don't like the idea, you know, yeah. or, or, you know, you don't understand it or you can kind of sense how they are reacting to it a little bit better. I think when you're sitting there with them. So. Mm-hmm. Which actually that made me think of too. Can you imagine if coronavirus hit like 15 years ago oh, or like I, 20 years ago before we had all this video software? Yeah. I don't know what, it's like we think the world is shut down right now, but then it would have really that would have been scary. Thank goodness. Like no video software or like I mean, I have a lot of issues with social media, but like it's mm-hmm. so nice to be able to just like also feel connected to people and see what other people are doing or like I think at, especially at the beginning of corona like everyone was like kind of coming together and like in like the same way and seeing that like we are all kind of doing the same thing and Yeah was like there was just something kind of like nice and unifying about that like it's like back in like march i love your stuff for the uh the virgin atlantic campaign that you presented yeah that's my favorite one i think probably which seems very fitting considering you love to travel yeah i was happy kind of from the beginning i was like i really want to have a travel brand in my book just because i think it is let's hope that they don't all go out of business but (laughs) because i was like it's something that i'm interested in so either hospitality or travel would be like certainly you know working for like a hotel brand or airline i think would be something that i'd like be happy doing kind of later down the line so yeah, yeah i was happy that that one worked its way in because at one point alicia and i were working on a campaign for to me and i was like eh, it just really wasn't getting there but i just really wanted it to get there so okay. then i was really you know but sometimes these camp i was like it's just not you know there's there's something nice here but i'm a lot happier with virgin and where, where we got with it so nice um so i know yeah. what there's like 
the Dead Sea and Venice, and I forget some of the other places you highlight, but have you been to any or all of those places? I have been to the Great Barrier Reef. Oh, okay. And I have been to the Hubbard Glacier in Alaska, but I was like five. So okay. I don't remember it, sure. unfortunately. <laughs> what are the ones? I haven't been to the Maldives. I haven't been to Venice. What were the other ones? I haven't been to Everglades. So no, I actually haven't been to a lot of them. So I think it was like... Well, you know, know they're only going to be around for that much longer. <laughs> I know. I know. Alicia and I were like talking when we were concepting. I was like, I feel anxious. Like, I feel like I need to go. And I can't go right now because no one can go anywhere right now. <laughs> Your own advertising is working on you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that was our goal for it too, was to be kind of like, it would be post COVID like, okay, how do we get people excited about traveling again? How do we get people to like want to travel again? Um, kind of by promoting this like sense of urgency. But then also I think a lot of times travel is, you know, there's this internal conflict like, Oh, I like want to travel, but it's bad for the environment. So is there like a way that we can kind of like solve that? And so it seems kind of interesting or there's a little bit of touching coming from an airline company. Talking about all these cool places makes me anxious to travel again, too. In this edition of Ask the Host, Emily and I talk about the research that goes into communicating with an authentic voice in our campaigns, as well as the decision for me to move 850 miles to go to Denver at school. What is the most like difficult, I guess, campaign that you've had to work on, or has there been one where you thought that it was going to die, but... It's kind of come full circle or that you didn't know if you were going to be able to like crack it, but like seemed like there was maybe something there. Yeah. I was working on an idea for Spotify with Shantice and Sabrina. And that one, I, I don't know if it was the most difficult, but it was one of those campaigns that involved a fair bit of research kind of for me because we were doing a lot with how like artists are telling a story with their album yeah and for me to write lines for it I kind of one of the routes that we tried to take I needed to know the album and I didn't know the albums ahead of time yeah (laughs) so I ended up like listening to those albums multiple times and then like doing research on like the production of them and like trying to figure out like where the artist was at for it yeah and I kind of had a similar experience somewhat with our Barnes and Noble idea that we were working on a little bit where I was doing a lot of kind of research into kind of like specific stuff that I wasn't familiar with in order to like get into the mindset or get in the mindset and write lines that made sense. And so I think those are, are more challenging than just like an outdoor car where it's like, Oh, this is a trailblazer. Or like, you can just be like, you can just talk outdoorsy or like kind of there's certain brands. You you almost have to be an insider into like like the topic or to like what you're the person or exactly yeah so I think kind of there's that initial barrier of trying to become an insider with it Mm -hmm. but I also think that in itself is very rewarding because then I feel like I've learned something and I've learned something about like either like a different culture or different beliefs or just like different musicians that I otherwise wouldn't know. And that's something then that just kind of like sticks with me. It isn't just because of the work itself or it isn't just for the work. It's also something that just kind of is now like a part of me that I will like retain moving forward. So I think that's, that's kind of been the most kind of rewarding bit of kind of campaigns like that so far. One of our teachers, I think it was Nick Bain, like our first quarter was saying that he was like, you'll be one of the most interesting people at a dinner party just because you kind of have to, you know, you might not be an expert on a lot of different topics, but you will know enough to hold a pretty decent conversation about it just because all the research you are constantly having to do in different brands or different, you know, types of people that you're trying to talk to. It's just, it's a lot of, yeah, cultural research, I guess. At what point did you decide to go to dad or like, how did that, like, how did you decide, like, um, I don't want to do this job anymore? Like what made you be like, okay, we're moving to Denver. (laughs) Yeah. So 
Were you like nervous? Was it like, was it a hard decision or? Yes and no. So I worked at my old job for like three and a half years. And I remember like when I like said I was like, when I took the job, which I took the job like at the start of my second semester of senior year of college. Yeah. And there wasn't like a profound sense of relief or excitement. It was just like, okay, cool. I have a job, so I don't need to worry about that. Yeah. And so there was never a point along the way where the job felt enjoyable or that I felt fulfilled from it. Yeah. And so it really, like for me, that was, that was a sign that I should not be doing it. I probably felt that like within like a year or so of being there and I ended up staying there for three and a half years <laughs> because it was kind of nerve wracking because I had a job. I was making good money. I was able to travel to like see friends and also just to see the world. And like there was kind of this, I don't know, just this stigma that like, oh, like you, you work and you may not love your job, but then you can you know, do what you want to do in your off time. Yeah. And so in my own free time, I was trying to do creative stuff. And so I was like doing some writing on my own and like I had some, some friends who we would do like a, uh, like an Oscars kind of like Dundee's night where we would like make up like skits and like make videos like for it. Um, <laughs> so fun. It was like a, it was like a little banquet we had at the end of every year for <laughs> this Frisbee team. And I got way more like satisfaction and fun from those like little creative things that I was doing in my free time than I was from my job. And so I was looking into what can I do with this? And I eventually kind of got turned on to advertising as a potential like thing to do. And I, at this point, had been living my entire life in the Midwest, either in St. Louis or for school. I went to Cincinnati um, for, or I went to Xavier University in Cincinnati. And it kind of just got to the point, like, I want to try something new. And I loved the outdoors and Denver seemed cool. So it kind of lucked out with the, the stars aligning that Denver Ad School was starting up here. And I had a conversation with Heather and I remember halfway through the conversation, like I had thought this was just like a, an interest call, like just being like, oh yeah, like she was going to answer some questions. And I was like, okay, cool. Like I'm just learning about the school. And then I was like, so I know there's a phone interview. Like when does that stuff kind of start? And she was like, oh, it's, we're having it right now. I was like, oh, <laughs> oh okay. <laughs> um, so what do you want to know about me? <laughs> and then kind of once, like after that conversation and after kind of the research I'd done about Denver Ad School, and after I was offered a spot, like there was like there was nervousness, like thinking about like leaving home and leaving friends, but it just felt very right to me that I was like, I'm going to chase this. This seems like the right path. And I've been kind of biding my time waiting for an opportunity to get out of insurance and do something more creative. And this seems like my avenue to it. So I, yeah, I mean, I was just like, all right. I'm moving, doing to, it. moving to Denver in January and uh yeah <laughs> have a look back <laughs> hopefully <laughs> yeah no not at all like for sure I've I've enjoyed it immensely no no regrets as far as you know leaving St. Louis or, or leaving the exciting world of insurance underwriting <laughs> um, was it difficult at all you didn't have a ton of time here I don't think before everything got shut down is that correct right yeah so I like, had so about, was it difficult to meet people outside of like school yeah so I would say that's kind of been the biggest adjustment. And I think because of coronavirus, I'm still going through that adjustment in terms of I, I don't really have friends outside of school here right now. Yeah. I was fortunate that like there were a couple people that I was like somewhat friends with in college who were out here. And so okay. like we'll like meet up to like watch like a Xavier basketball game or something. But so it's been an adjustment still kind of establishing that base of people, which for like, for anyone who's like considering like moving here um, and kind of doing what I did, like it definitely like is kind of daunting and it is like, it's, it's difficult, but I think what's been nice is I've, I have been able to meet like a few people. Like I met a couple, a couple guys like playing golf who just randomly, we kind of 
got along and I think this is kind of already a city of transplants. And so that's been nice to like everyone kind of is used to like meeting different people. And I think the school kind of helps that kind of that learning curve a lot too, because you know, you're going to be interacting with these same people like four to five times a week. Yeah. I think that was something I didn't really expect or I didn't know what to expect about, you know, the other people or if I would become friends with them or, you know, I had no idea that I would, you know, we'd all become quite as close as we have. And, you know, just cause I guess you're meeting or talking with people so much, they're like, you know, <laughs> they're like your work or school life or whatever, yeah. you know, it's like not work wife, but school wife. I don't know. <laughs> you're, just, you're always, you're always texting, calling, thinking about it. So yeah, you yeah, totally close quickly. And it's um, kind of like, like we were talking about like college earlier and like there are friendships that I have there that were made over the course of four years. And then at school is so much more concentrated in what you're learning, but it's also concentrated in terms of like those relationships you make. Cause I think like a lot of the kind of friendships and kind of that school wife, school husband thing that people (laughs) kind of encounter is stuff that it's going to kind of carry through as well, which is, which is really cool. And that has kind of helped lessen the the difficulty of moving to a new city and then going into a pandemic two months later. Yeah. (laughs) No, I, I know a few people that have moved during that time. And it's just, you know, there's no way that you could have predicted it, but it definitely is, you right. know, tough to be like, oh, you know, yeah. So, but so I'm glad that you're still here and <laughs> <laughs> Me too. you're happy Me and you want to stay. So that's, that's all, that's important. <laughs> yeah, no, it hasn't turned me off by any means. So that's good. good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Colorado's honestly been a good place to live during all of this because there are so many outlets of, still things to do and getting outside and, you know, doing other things. So yeah, there's, there's a a plethora of like socially distant, safe things to do, which is nice. Exactly. There is no denying that moving to a new city is scary, but for me, meeting the people at Denver ad school has made it absolutely worth it. That's going to do it for this episode. Emily Devery will finish at Denver Ad School after the fall 2020 quarter. I'm Jeff Ulrich. Thank you for listening to this episode of Journey to Ad.